the fact that we have one here in Canada, a housing crisis that is, is really no secret to a lot of Canadians. There, I think, are different ways that we can define that crisis. A lot of experts say that it's really just ultimately due to lack of inventory. There just simply aren't enough homes, especially for rising immigration targets. There's more people, there's no homes, and then that can balloon real estate prices, making certain markets just completely unrealistic for buyers. Then that shuts out new home buyers that aren't able to purchase something for the inflated price. It also can create bidding wars, driving prices up to even higher numbers that are just completely unsustainable in a lot of places. And then there's the fact that you need to keep building houses, but there's a lack of people to do the work. So to add more demand to trades workers that are already flooded with work just means long delays, overwork, burnout. So it's in that area that our next guest has come up with, I think, a super creative solution to the housing housing crisis. And I'm excited to hear what you think about this, because I bet when you think about 3D printing, you don't think that it would be an option for your home. At least I know I would never have considered something like that. So let's get the details right now with our next guest, who's the president and founder of Nidus 3D. Ian Arthur is joining us this evening. Ian, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm a pleasure to be here. So, Ian, before we really get into the details of what 3D printing could look like for your home, you are someone who comes at this from a really unique perspective. So you were a member of the provincial parliament in Kingston for four years, and then you left your seat to start up your own company in the construction industry. So you have kind of the government perspective as well as the building perspective uh, on this. So I'm curious to hear what what you think that the housing crisis in Canada is really defined by. Uh, I, I think that some of the stuff you touched on in your intro is absolutely true. We we definitely have to increase uh, the supply, and and there are those ripple effects from from having limited supply. But I think it goes deeper than that. There there are so many issues that relate to this. We have empty units. We it, Property was treated as a speculative investment for multiple decades. And we are, I think, facing the repercussions of that um, among a lack of supply, among not investing uh, enough money in housing, not having enough government investment in housing for decades on end. And it's really undermined the, the supply of housing, particularly for those who have less means. We, we are, our, our stock of affordable housing is non-existent. It's most municipalities in Canada at this point, it, it's a wish list to catch up to how much affordable housing they're supposed to have uh, available for, for citizens. And so I want to get into the creative approach that your company is taking to do this. But do you think that the current situation can be amended by any other means? Uh, I think it's going to take a multi-pronged approach. And one of the reasons I started NIDIS was that while there was some good policy work being done from a government side, I I didn't see it fundamentally moving the needle on housing and, and the amount that we have, the quantity of housing we have and how affordable it is. Uh, because it doesn't necessarily start to address, I think, some of the major underlying issues of incredibly uh, expensive materials that are hugely volatile in how much they cost, the the lack of labor supply, which is driving up the cost of labor and, and therefore the cost of the homes, and just how long it's actually taking us to get homes out of the ground. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I uh, my husband and I just built a home, so we've been through this, and everything that you're <laughs> yeah, describing is what know. we've experienced. So, okay, yeah. let's talk about your company. So, Nidus 3D. So, you're you're using 3D printing to, yeah. to print homes. And Ian, I don't want look. I, I want you to know that I completely respect your ability to be able to do this. I think I I don't want to discredit what your company is is able to do, but you're myself included. You're going to have a lot of people going, what? You can, yeah. you can 3D print a house? I need you to really break this down for me because I'm sure that I'm not the only one that when I think about 3D printing, I'm thinking small scale. So how yeah. is it that you're able to do this when it comes to a home? So I I often, when, when I try and describe this, I, I do talk exactly about the 3D pick uh, printers that you're imagining, the ones that might be in someone's workshop, might be something cool that they played with at university or at college. And ultimately what we have is just a much, much, much bigger version of that. And so it's a gantry system. It's got the same sort of supports or struts that kind of create this huge box. And we have a print head that, that is the same, but what we're extruding is concrete. And so instead of layering a polymer or plastic layer by layer to get a cool little toy or shape or whatever it is that you're, you're trying to build in your workshop, mm-hmm. we're actually able to layer the concrete and, and you can kind of watch a, a house grow out of the ground uh, layer by layer. We, we do it 40 millimeters at a time. And over the course of a day uh, right now, you, you'd see about half a story of a house here. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's what I wanted to know is how quickly can you accomplish this? What's the speed at which you can work? Right now, we're we're able to print approximately half a story a day. We think that we're going to be able to get to a full story of a house a day uh, in the near future, even in this upcoming build season. So summer of 2023, uh, we should be pretty pretty close to that. And there's there's a lot of efficiencies. It's a brand new industry, and uh, we we have definitely a lot to learn going along on this. But it's progressing really quickly, and we're all at NIDIS, everyone's very confident on getting to a place where we're able to deploy housing, I think, faster than almost any other way that, that that's available out there. There are uh, a lot of questions that come up, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that you've yeah, heard them course. all. Absolutely. I, you know, one, yeah. one area that I'm curious about, because as I said, I, I just went through this a couple of years ago, and there's, there's a lot of components that go into building a home. One of them is design. Is, does this mean that yeah. when you're 3D printing, you're following a template? Are all the houses that you're able to build, are they, are they following the exact same template? Can you get creative with it? What does that look like? Uh, they can follow the same template if you want them to, but by no means are you limited to that. And I, I think one of the really exciting parts about 3D printing a home is the design versatility. We can create shapes uh, to kind of match whatever it is you want. It's one of the only technologies where if you wanted a curved wall in your house, a, a nice circular wall, maybe it's an exterior corner with a beautiful window in it or something like that, we can print that uh, because of the nature of the sort of form-free printing that we do with concrete for the same cost as you can create a straight wall uh, in, in any other construction method. And so it kind of opens up a lot of design opportunities. We can do inverted uh, angles so we can kind of stack the concrete a little bit offset each layer to create an inverted angle. Um, there, there's so much we can do and we've had Really, really positive response from architects who are really excited to get their hands on this technology and, and use it to create some forms that you wouldn't normally see in buildings. 
So who are the experts that you're employing? Is it is it is it tradespeople that are now just evolving their skills into 3D printing? Is it architects? Are you engineers? Uh, we we work with with all of the above. Um, <laughs> we we are building out our own internal engineering department. We work with some third party engineers. Uh, we really it's a brand new way of building. And so I think we have a lot of due diligence to do to make sure that we're, we're delivering safe and, and affordable housing uh, to folks. And so we, we do spend a lot of time on the engineering on the front end to make sure the product that, that we're putting out in the world is, is as good as we can possibly make it. Uh, certainly architectural firms. And then our staff who operate the printers are exactly what, what, what you were saying. They're folks who were working in the trades um, they want to try something new. I think we've been really lucky. We we have some people, We our, our, our lead print operator right now started a degree in computer science, decided he didn't want to be in the office, ended up in the trades, and has now been able to bring both of those worlds together in our company. And I think that's really exciting. When we talk about needing more skilled workers in the workforce, mm-hmm. uh, I think that adapting the sort of what, qualifies as a skilled trade is really important to to get that new generation excited about working in the trades and and get them into the workforce as soon as we can. So Ian, we've we've talked about the fact that this can be done and it can be done quickly, but is it? What's the interest been when it comes to 3D printing homes in Canada? What have you been able to accomplish so far with NIDUS? So our first year, we focused on what we called escalating proof of concept. And that meant doing a, a single-story home. We, our first home was a partnership with Habitat for Humanity in Leamington, Ontario. And we delivered uh, four units of transitional housing, kind of little micro-suite units. And that just had the ribbon cut last month, I think, I guess two months ago now. Um, and then we moved on to doing a, mul- a multi-story project, and we've just concluded a two-story with a basement below it, which we think is the first 3D printed basement in the world. So we're pretty excited to, to get that done. And so really the, the, the sky's the limit. We, we did three homes this year. There was a huge amount of research that went into it. Next year is all about taking what we learned and, and scaling it, both in terms of, of how many homes we're able to produce and where we're producing them. We're, we're expanding out to the West. So we're in Ontario right now, but we are hopeful that we're going to get the first sort of uh, Western Canadian home out of the ground in, in Q3 or Q4 of next year. When it comes to scalability, what does what does it look like in terms of product availability for what it is that you do? We've talked so much about shortages that we've experienced in so many industries across the country. Yeah. What about for this? Uh, I, I think we're pretty safe. We One of the key things that we do with 3D construction printing that a lot of other folks who are working there are not doing is we're printing with concrete instead of mortar. So instead of it being a a straight sort of basic cement mix, we're mixing our concrete on site, which means we have sand uh, that can be locally sourced. We have aggregates that, again, can be locally sourced, or they can be recycled content to lower the carbon footprint of the concrete itself. And then we're, we're mixing that on demand. And so those sort of building materials are mostly readily available. There was some talk of a cement shortage uh, this summer a little bit, but we're so efficient with what we use that, honestly, we could probably do this with bags of, of cement from Home Depot if we absolutely had to. I mean, that's, that's wow. not the ideal, but we 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 only produce exactly the quantity of, of concrete that we need, and there's almost no waste. We, we're able to do it with, with 3 to 5% waste. 
what about the price? Because this is this is brand new, so I would imagine yeah. that the price point would look quite high at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you comfortable sure. disclosing what a co- what a sure. home would cost? Yeah, it, it's that's that's a bit of I, I wouldn't say it's a hard one. I think there's a lot on the internet right now about how cheap it's going to be to 3D print homes. And I and I absolutely believe that. I don't think we any of us would be doing what we're doing at night is 3D if we didn't believe we could get there. But you're right, it, it is a bit of a path to get there. And so right now we're cost equivalent to other forms of masonry construction. So a cinder block home or ICF, which is the foam that you pour concrete down the middle of, kind of the inverse of, of what we're able to do. But we, we see that coming down very quickly. And, and part of it are simple efficiencies that that we figured out very quickly using this technology. And part of it means developing a few sort of new or additional add-on technologies that are going to drive the price down. Uh, We do anticipate being cost equivalent to wood frame and cheaper than wood frame within a matter of, I think, probably years at the longest, but hopefully months. Hopefully by by mid-year next year, the middle of the building season, we'll be in a place where we can actually... uh, come in lower than, than any other form of building out there. You know, when you talk about the speed of being able to build a house, doing half a story in a day, then my mind goes to uh, infrastructure for, for cities. And, you know, the sky's really the limit <laughs> when there's construction projects that need to be done and need to be done fast. I mean, I think this could be a really interesting answer. Are there conversations that you're having with, with governments at, at any level in terms of grants, any interest in that area? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we we are we're looking for a full time grant writer. If there's anyone out there listening, absolutely. Right <laughs> now, we need one. Uh, we, I think we qualify for more than we're we're able to get the applications in for, um, but but that's okay. Um, yeah, there, there's a huge amount of interest. There's there's a lot of testing that needs to come with that as soon as you move into infrastructure. I talked a little about the engineering and how important that was, and in a lot of ways. Uh, the low-hanging fruit is residential construction. There, we're, we're able to deliver safe products right now. Uh, we'd like to move into infrastructure in the future, but we're going to need to do a huge amount of testing, both with universities and, and sort of formal testing labs. The National Research Council has a concrete lab. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done, but I certainly see it moving in that direction. There's, uh, I just saw some pictures, actually. There's a beautiful pedestrian overpass in Scotland where they 3D printed the components for it. And it, it looks just stunning. The shapes they were able to get were, were really quite amazing. Wow. It's, it is amazing. All of it's amazing. Uh, I, I, what, a, what a fascinating area to move into. And uh, obviously filling a hole that needs to be met when it comes to our housing crisis. Ian, thank you so much for making the time this evening and for explaining what your company, Nidus 3D, is all about. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.